I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Base Layer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David, and this is your new episode of Baselayer. I have Josh Katz, the founder of Yellow Heart, with me today. Josh, how are you? I'm well, David. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Uh, full and fair disclosure, Yellow Heart is an investment in our venture fund at ARCA. I'm really happy to have Josh here with us today talking about the added benefits of NFTs and what they are doing for the experience out there. So much attention has been paid to the NFT for the collectible, the quote-unquote JPEG. But Josh and the team at Yellowheart have really looked beyond that and looked beyond what the NFT can do for those that are going to music concerts, going to art galleries, what the NFT can do for that experience. So we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But as everyone ever knows, I like to go into what our founders did prior to their current uh, company and project. So Josh, give us a little background. What did you do before Yellowheart and what really inspired you to create something here? Sure. So I was in the traditional music business starting in the mid 90s. I was involved launching Britney Spears, uh, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, lots of rappers, a lot of rock bands. I then left the music business, traditional music business, at least in the early 2000s. And I started a company called EL Media Group. EL Media Group disrupted another company called Muzak that did what we call elevator music or background music. So that company really re-evolved what it meant to have background music, where now if you go to a retail store, a restaurant, a hotel lobby, you actually hear good music versus back before that company, you'd hear remakes of popular songs that really did not sound very good. Awesome. And so, Josh, what inspired you about this new world of digital assets, of NFTs, to really take all that knowledge of music and build Yellowheart? So in 2016, I sold EL Media Group to a private equity fund. And after selling it, I was very into cryptocurrencies and blockchain. And I had thought about what I was going to do next. And when I looked at Web3 overall, you know, blockchain to really combat fraud, counterfeiting, fragmented secondary marketplaces, smart contracts to pull royalties back to artists, teams, NFTs, which become, you know, transactional smart tickets with entertainment value and engagement. It seemed to make a lot of sense. And then in the summer of 17, I went to go see a fish concert and I'm a devout fish fan. And in the summer of 17, they did 13 shows at Madison square garden. And you think 13 shows, the tickets would be inexpensive, you know, with all of that inventory, but quite the opposite ticket prices actually escalated as the run went on to the point where a $70 face value ticket by mid run was going for close to 500. 
So I looked at the overall situation of where the money was flowing and realized that Web3 and the various attributes could actually fix a lot of those issues that were plaguing both fans and artists. So that was the actual inspiration for starting the company. Awesome. So let's talk about what Yellowheart is. So Yellowheart has been around now for a few years, uh, obviously knowing from the work that we've done with you. Uh, it started off in one particular fashion, and then because of COVID, it has obviously morphed and adapted to that. Talk to us about you know the business from the the pre-COVID days to obviously how you all thought about the world after you know and during COVID, and then talk to us you know a little bit about what Yellowheart's mission is today. So pre-pandemic, we were building a web 2.5 version of ticketing where we were going to use nfts and particularly smart contracts to issue concert tickets on the blockchain with various rules for stakeholders particularly around who owned the ticket and how the ticket royalties would flow on a secondary sale and we be we built out that platform we reached the point of building out a very robust mvp which launched in Q1 of 20, but unfortunately the pandemic hit in March of 20, right as we were you know, mid-launch and it really kind of put things into flux. We took that as an opportunity to retool a lot of our IP and create a music marketplace to sell NFT collectibles around music. And knowing that live events would be gone for a number of months, it turns out it was, you know, a year and a half that they went away. We basically made the best of it and saw really what was coming as, you know, a whole world around digital assets and digital engagement and potentially, you know, digital value value around various experiences. So we launched our first NFT collectible with the rock band Kings of Leon in March of 21. And from there went on to do a whole bunch of notable large music acts such as Zoo, Maroon 5, Jerry Garcia, Brandy Carlisle, and a whole slew of others leading us up to Q4, really November of 21, when live music came back. And we reshifted focus into building out a live event engagement platform that at this point was more than ticketing. See, when we began the process of building Yellow Heart, digital collectibles were not a thing. And when I used to go around and tell people, oh yeah, we should be selling a digital collectible for your hockey team or your concert tour, people would look at me in all seriousness and be like, well, what do I need the blockchain for in order to sell a digital collectible? So it was going way over people's heads. But now that you know, JPEG NFTs became a thing in 21, we were able to kind of merge it all together and create a product that created entertainment value and engagement retention around the concert ticket and all of the utility that came comes with it. So you asked a question and I'm sure people who are listening to it probably have that same question. Why do you need, and again, I know the answer to this and so do you, but the listeners don't. Why do you need a blockchain for all of this for collectibles? Well, what it does is it, it creates provable scarcity. On the blockchain, everything's transparent and it's clear how many of something is you know, created or in our world, as we like to say, minted. And we know that for a certain event, 
maybe there is exactly 5,000 tickets minted and that's it. And if you look back in history around live events, if you had the provable scarcity of this was a Beatles ticket, this was the first ever Super Bowl ticket, this was from the world, you know, World Series, there are various, you know, moments in history, that provable scarcity is very important. And that's what the blockchain brings first and foremost. Correct. And it brings it obviously in the digital world that we're living in right now, whereas before you had paper ticketing. Talk to us about this. I know you've talked about this before when we've been getting to know each other over the last year. Paper ticketing versus digital. You know, what is the differential there? Obviously, for those that are listening that have gone to games or to concerts or to anything else in an event, 10 years ago, they probably would have had a paper ticket, but obviously that shifted. Talk to us about the shift there. So the shift is an interesting one because all that happened was on the paper, there's a printed barcode and that barcode just moved to a phone. There's really not much difference in where that technology has gone. You know, traditionally live event ticketing companies have had no real in incentive to innovate. They've had no incentive to really move past the barcode where ticketing has traditionally been an incredibly boring sector that no one's really cared about. It's been a, a started with a piece of paper as a receipt, a proof of purchase and a barcode for entry, and then it dies. Now it's moved to the same exact format, but on a digital device. It's really the only difference. Got it. So let's talk about the world that we're in today. So as you're alluding to, the Yellow Heart has been moving towards digital collectibles, obviously things on chain with scarcity that are minted. It is my opinion, and I'm curious because I know you're obviously in the space and I'm sure people care about this. I have always harked back to the Disney model. You go to Disney World, and for anybody who has kids, they've probably done this a few times. You go to Disney World and you have all of these experiences that are cultivated and they live and they make billions of dollars on that experience. That experience, though, you can take pictures. And obviously, if you have the Disney band, you can keep the band. But that basically is it. You have the memories, you have maybe some video, you have some photos, you have, you know, Disney band. The idea behind, you know, the NFT is to create something that distills down that experience further, that memory further. Talk to us about that, you know, as an important part of the kind of the future of events, of concerts, of going to, you know, Disney World or other different places about that kind of experience that could be distilled down into a digital collectible. Well, you know, the overall experience is something that's super important to everybody. And, you know, today ticketing is a pretty terrible experience, super antiquated. And you have fans when they're the most captive. Uh, you have an active customer ready to spend. And you have the ability to really, you know, create these collectible moments that could live on forever. Whereas, you know, Today and in the past, maybe you'd buy a hat, a T-shirt, things you might still buy, a poster, uh, get something autographed. But the digital universe that this new generation is living in, they want digital goods. You know, if I put a poster from Disney World on the wall in my son's bedroom, maybe like five other kids will see it who maybe come over the house. 
But if I buy him a digital collectible and he puts it up on his TikTok, you know, thousands of people will see it. And it becomes almost like social currency that I went to Disney World. Plus, it will last forever knowing that it's digital. It's on the chain. We know how many exist. And in 20 or 30 years, it could become a very collectible item if it's sought after for various reasons. So you have that provable scarcity, you have the provable ownership, and you have this whole next generation that's moving towards all of their assets being either digital or represented in a digital fashion, meaning, mm -hmm. you know, almost a digital counterpart to a physical good that right. is a, you know, almost a letter of authenticity, so to speak. Talk to us about how Yellowheart thinks about NFTs as unlocking further experiences, though, for VIPs, especially for concert goers, things that, you know, prove that they are part of a community amongst a community, things that are deeper and more entrenched. Talk to us about that, because I know that's an important feature. It is. You know, we're finding that, you know, fans, uh, whether it's music, sports, theater, they want to be around other fans. Things that, you know, fans that interest them, that have the same interest as them. So we're finding that we're able to build communities through this technology by offering up a digital membership card where we're going out on a venue level, at an artist level, at a team and league level where we're able to say, hey, join, you know, a community for your favorite band. And now by obtaining that, you know, NFT, you're actually, it's your membership card into that community. What we're then able to do is continue giving that user ongoing content, access, perks, rewards, because we know what wallet the NFT is sitting in since it's transparent. So we're able to continue giving that person the opportunities that they might not get if they weren't holding that. So it's a very powerful mechanism for building fan clubs, building communities. Um, it's a word community that's way overused within the Web3 sector today, but that's for a reason. It's because these are amazing community building tools, whether it's, hey, I own a picture of a bored ape and so do you, so we're in the same community and we'll probably get along with each other and that notion, but now take it a step deeper. We're both New York Yankees fans and we both hold this NFT and we're both getting game highlights, preferential scores, all, you know, exclusive media, the opportunity to shop in the exclusive merch booth and get discounts because we're a provable family where we actually took the extra step to join that community. So what started around profile pictures, which are getting a bad rap today, but really opened up the world of membership communities digitally is expanding now with Yellowheart to rock bands, rappers, you know, teams, even localized venues that we're doing now where you could join a localized venue. And because you're a member of your local music venue, you get early access to tickets. You get, you know, a speedy door to go through. You don't have to wait in line. You get preferred places to watch the music or the show uh, and things like that. So this really enables that, which is incredibly exciting and powerful as well. First and foremost, as a diehard Mets fan, and you knew this, I I detest you obviously putting me in the Yankees camp, sir. Thank you. I'm kidding. I'm saying that with a smile. Uh, let me say that again. We're both <laughs> it's, Mets fans. It's it's good. It's good. Um, I say it again with a big smile on my face. Um, so I think it's important for people also when they're listening to this, and obviously they're going to we'll put uh, links to Yellowheart and to everything they can do there. 
But I think it's also important that they understand the mechanisms. So talk to us about the app, the wallet, you know, for those that are not native to digital assets and crypto, how is the experience going to feel for them? I know this has been very important for you as someone who's trying to build mass adoption. The way that we've looked at it is we are tying, you know, the term web two to web three, where, you know, everyone, you know, no matter how old they are, for the most part, are carrying around phones. And they're living in an ecosystem of apps, whether it's Android or iOS. And we built our own wallet, but we really informed it as a mobile app. That way, it's the same as the apps you're using to order food, the same as like you're to order a car, to do all the other things you're doing in your daily life, yet you're using NFTs without even realizing that you're using them. And we thought that that was super important for adoption where, you know, we're, we've seen, you know, older folks use our app. We've seen younger folks use our app and have a very easy time using it because the flows and the activity around it are the same as every other app that they're using in their daily lives. The, the differential has been that, whereas many other people in the space have built wallets that have been crypto native. And crypto is something that is clearly very important. It's having a rough moment at, at this time right now is a rough moment for it. But overall, it's something that's beautiful, powerful, important. And many of the wallets have been built to foster that crypto movement, whereas our app has not. It's been built as a fully decentralized wallet, but it's been built with the the thought of someone who doesn't know what an NFT is, doesn't know what crypto is, just wants to buy a concert ticket, just wants to watch a clip of their favorite band. Um, they're able to just literally push a button and do it like they could with anything else. And we think that's really important for adoption. And I agree. And I think we're starting to see that. You see large brands, Nike pairing with Artifact. Um, they are releasing a combination of a physical sneaker and a metaversal sneaker you have starbucks launching their odyssey program next month and again they've also abstracted away the word nft to stamps but those stamps are nfts josh is absolutely right this is a further trend that everyone should be looking out for albeit obviously as josh alluded to we are having a moment in the uh the proverbial sun right now and uh you're starting to see some things happen you know, many of us are saying that we're having a bit of our you know, dot com slash Lehman Brother Bear Stern type of moment here, MF Global, WorldCom, Enron, you name it. But what we've all seen throughout time and throughout history is that while these events happen, the innovation still happens and the innovation is happening. And so, you know, being mindful of that, I think, is quite important. Now, Josh, you know, talk to us. What we usually do at the end here is what's happening for the next six to 12 months? What are people supposed to be looking out for from Yellow Heart? Any concerts, anything that's going to be big there that they need to be looking out for? Give them, you know, a little bit of insight into what's going to happen over the next few months here. Yeah. So, you know, we've been focused all along on building out the core of putting out great content. Whereas the goal of, of our company has always been not to put out the most content, but just to put out great content. So we've actually been lining up quite a bit of great content as far as live shows go. We're going to have early next year, one of the first major concert tours from a major band 
that will be only NFT tickets. And this will be a milestone for the space where there won't be any other options right now. A lot of the ticketing we do is hybrid where there's an old model and the new model and we've given the fan the opportunity to choose. We're gonna be launching a lot of only the new model versions next year, which I think will be super exciting. There's a whole bunch of major icon NFTs coming on Yellow Heart. I'm not going to say who, but one of the largest rock stars in, in modern history is going to be doing a very exciting collection with us coming up early next year and a whole bunch more. You know, I try to keep everything, you know, somewhat under wraps. So it's more exciting when we announce it. But we do have a lot of amazing content and we're going to have quite a few, you know, concerts and sports and things like that coming up that the tickets not only will get you can get the fans in the door, but are going to get them a whole lot more. So awesome. Awesome. As I said, again, we will have the notes for the show. There'll be links to Yellowheart and to their website. You can download the app and walk you through it, as Josh alluded to. They have built it for a very good UI UX. So the everyday user, one that is not quote unquote crypto native can get on there, feel comfortable, be able to start exploring. Uh, it takes you a few seconds. And so we'll make sure everyone sees that. Josh Katz, founder of Yellowheart. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Great. Thanks for having me, David. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.